0: Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny. Today is Friday, October 13th. Yes, Friday the 13th. I hope that you're having a wonderful day. I hope that you're not having an unlucky day. Now, if this is your first time listening, I want to say welcome to the show. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, no specific topics, and no specific categories. We do have a new episode every day. Monday through Friday, with each day getting progressively harder, much like the New York Times crossword puzzle, right? So, of course, today is Friday, which means that today will be the hardest day of the week. As always, if you find this episode to be a bit challenging, I encourage you to listen to it anyway. You never know, you might surprise yourself. You might have a good time, and you might know the answer to some pretty difficult questions. And you know what? Even if you don't, Why don't you take the weekend off, relax a little bit, come back to us on Monday. We're going to have the easiest day of the week. On the other hand, if you find this episode to be a bit too simple, well, congratulations. This is as hard as it gets, and I I guess you're going to make it through every round of the week. Now, without any further delay, let's get into today's round of questions with question number one. How many languages are written from right to left? And the answer there is 12. In a right to left top to bottom script, commonly shortened to right to left or simply abbreviated RTL, Writing starts from the right of the page and continues to the left, proceeding from the top to the bottom for new lines. Arabic, Hebrew, Persian, Urdu, Kashmiri, Pashto, Uyghur, Surani Kurdish, Punjabi, and Sindhi are the most widespread RTL writing systems in modern times. Right to left can also refer to top to bottom Right-to-left scripts of tradition, such as Chinese, Japanese, and Korean, in modern times are more commonly written in left-to-right, with the lines going from top to bottom. Now, I can imagine that there are many left-handed people who would greatly appreciate the ability to write from right to left, and perhaps those folks that are, uh, that are fluent in Arabic or have to write in Arabic or Hebrew, maybe if they're right-handed, they might know what it's like to write as a left-handed person in English so if you're left-handed and you want to try writing in a language where uh, maybe you don't get your hand dirty well there's 12 different languages that you can try moving on to question number two what was the first toy to be advertised on television And the very first toy advertised on television was Mr. Potato Head. On April 30th, 1952, Mr. Potato Head became the first toy advertised on television. The campaign was also the first to be aimed directly at children. Before this, commercials were only targeted at adults, including toy advertisements. The commercial revolutionized marketing and caused an industrial boom. Over one million kits were sold in the first year. In 1953, a Mrs. Potato Head variant was added, and soon after, brother Spud and sister Yam then completed the family. Now, I personally had a Mr. Potato Head when I was a kid. I think it's quite iconic as a toy. Uh, It was even in Toy Story, classic movie. But all of that came to be because it was first advertised on television in 1952. Moving on to question number three. What is the biggest selling music single of all time? And the answer there is White Christmas. The Guinness Book of World Records names the holiday single White Christmas by Bing Crosby as the best-selling single worldwide. According to Guinness, White Christmas sold over 50 million copies. The single is known as the best-selling single of all time. Following White Christmas, the songs Candle in the Wind by Elton John, In the Summertime by Mungo Jerry, and Rock Around the Clock, by Bill Haley and his Comets, bring up the next three spots. The next Christmas single on the list is down at number 11. With uh, no surprise here, it is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, down there at number 11. But All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey, it still hasn't overtaken White Christmas by Bing Crosby. Uh, Still number one as the biggest selling music single of all time question number 4 who was the first gymnast to score a perfect 10 and that gymnast was the romanian nadia comaneci a perfect 10 is a score of 10.000 for a single routine in artistic gymnastics which was once thought to be unattainable particularly at the olympic games under the code of points set by the international gymnastics federation it is generally recognized that the first person to score a perfect 10 at the olympic games was romanian nadia Comaneci. on july 18 1976 Comaneci made history at the montreal olympics During the team compulsory portion of the competition, she was awarded the first perfect 10 in Olympic gymnastics for her routine on the uneven bars. Now, fun fact, Omega S.A., which is the official Olympics scoreboard manufacturer, well, they had been led to believe that competitors actually could not receive a perfect 10, so they had not programmed the scoreboard to display this this score. Komenichi's perfect 10 thus appeared as 1.00, the only means by which the judges could indicate that she had received a 10. So once again, that perfect 10 score was first achieved by Nadia Comaneci. Moving on to question number five. Dump, floater, and wipe are terms used in which team sport? Now, those are, of course, words that you might use in perhaps the bathroom, I would say, but dump, floater, and wipe are also used in volleyball. A dump is a surprise attack, usually executed by a front row setter to catch the defense off guard. A floater is a serve in which the ball follows an erratic path since it has no spin. And a wipe is when a player deliberately spikes the ball off of an opponent sending it out of bounds. So, dump, floater, and wipe are all terms used in volleyball. Moving on to question number six. Who was the first female driver to score points in a Grand Prix? And that woman was Lella Lombardi. Maria Grazia Lella Lombardi was an Italian racing driver who participated in 17 Formula One World Championship Grand Prix. Lombardi is one of two female drivers to qualify for Formula One and is the only female driver who scored points in Formula One. Lombardi grew up in Italy and developed an interest in racing by driving a delivery van for her family. She's the only woman to win points in Formula One, winning half a point in the Spanish Grand Prix. Lombardi was also the first woman to qualify and compete in the race of champions in Brandt's hatch, and she even raced in sports cars. Now was making me laugh because, uh, It's funny to imagine that someone gets into racing because she was driving around her delivery vehicle. I'm sure she wasn't late on any of those deliveries, too. She's probably quick enough. So that first first female driver to score a point in Grand Prix, that was Lella Lombardi. Moving on to question number seven. Who wrote the first dictionary? And the author of the first dictionary was Samuel Johnson. Titled simply, A Dictionary of the English Language, and sometimes published as Johnson's Dictionary, it was first published on the 15th of April, 1755, and was written by Samuel Johnson. It is among the most influential dictionaries in the history of the English language. In June of 1746, a group of London booksellers contracted Johnson to write a dictionary for the sum of 1,500 guineas, which is equivalent to about 260,000 pounds in 2023. Johnson took seven years to complete the work, although he had claimed he could finish it in three. Now, he did this single-handedly with only clerical assistance to copy the illustrative quotations that he had marked in the books. Johnson produced several revisions during his lifetime. So once again, the man who sat down and did all that work for the first time was Samuel Johnson. Question number eight. What do you call a male turkey? And male turkeys are called toms or gobblers. Adult male turkeys are called gobblers or toms, while juvenile males are called jakes. Gobblers average around 18 to 22 pounds and can have a wingspan of up to 5 feet long. They also have featherless heads that can change from white to blue to red, depending on the season, typically when they're mating. They have beards of whiskers that protrude from their chest, and they gobble loudly in order to display their dominance. Adult female turkeys are called hens, juvenile females are called jennies, and adult females average about half the size of a male turkey. So once again, those male turkeys, if you see one walking around your neighborhood, well, now you know that they are called toms or gobblers. Moving on to question number nine. What was the family name of the Russian rulers from the 17th century until the 1917 revolution? And that family was the Romanov family. The House of Romanov was the reigning imperial house of Russia from 1613 to 1917. They achieved prominence after Anastasia Romanov married Ivan the Terrible, the first crown czar of all of Russia. The abdication of Nicholas II on the 15th of March in 1917 as a result of the February Revolution ended 304 years of Romanov rule, and in 1918, the Bolsheviks ordered the execution of Nicholas II and his family. Now, surprisingly, what I found is that there's actually two remaining descendants of the Romanov family. Uh, there, evidently, there's two people that still live in Europe somewhere. I think one of them I, I read was in Poland, if I'm not mistaken. And They both have claimed, uh, claimed heir to the Romanov title, which, of course, no longer exists. But that family, the Romanov family, initially the uh, rulers of Russia from the 17th century up until 1917. Moving on to our last question of the day, question number 10. Before launching a successful solo career, Phil Collins was the drummer and lead vocalist for a famous British rock band. What was the name of that band? And that band was, of course, Genesis. Philip David Charles Collins is an English singer, drummer, songwriter, record producer, and actor. He was the drummer and later lead singer of the rock band Genesis and also has a solo career as a solo performer. Between 1982 and 1990, Collins achieved three U.K. and seven U.S. number 1 singles as a solo artist. When his work with Genesis, his work with other artists, as well as his solo career are totaled, he is responsible for more U.S. Top 40 singles than any other artist during the 1980s. And that all started when he was the drummer of the band Genesis. Now that will conclude this round of My Daily Trivia. If you found this round to be simple, well, I applaud you because this is the hardest round that we have. On the other hand, if you found this episode to be a bit too challenging, well, take the weekend off, relax a little bit, and join us again on Monday where we will have the easiest round of the week. I want to thank all of you again for listening to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see all of you on Monday.